0: Eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up. Well, Ray G, you honestly are making absolutely no sense, and you sound silly as hell. Good morning good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning,
1: good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good people. It is me, Jay Rich. I am here to hold down the fort this week. I was out last week, Ray is out this week, which means we're gonna have a ton of fun. I already see people in the comments. Thank y'all for being here. I thought about this show on the weekend and I think it'd be a really fun one. And we'll get into the show in a little bit. But I wanted to shout out everybody who is here right now. Cold World, he said it in the chat. Everyone go make sure to smash that like button for our boy Jay Rich. Thank you, Cold World. I appreciate that. I see goat rings. You made it of all the shows for you to make it to one live it had to be when ray wasn't here and that means the world to me so thank you so much for tuning in you are always in the discord you're always in the chat so we definitely appreciate having you here marty let's fucking go good morning good people damn right i see matt bruning in the chat goat rings talking about the celtics i don't want to talk about the celtics we can talk about the Celtics if you want it's my show i can do whatever i want but SaladLix ain't looking too good. Morning, everyone. Good morning to you, Matt Bruning, one of our OGs of Wake Up. Definitely appreciate having him in the chat. But excited, man. This is going to be a good one. I am very, very excited because we will be talking a whole bunch of stuff. Overrated, underrated, player values, and most importantly, oh, look at that. My girlfriend even tuned in. Good morning to you, Rhea. Appreciate you being here. But everybody, this is going to be a fun show, and I am very, very excited for it. But first, some housekeeping notes. Of course, Ray is not here. I'll be here today and I will be here on Wednesday. And one of the things I will be doing on Wednesday is I will be talking to my good friend, Jordan Vanek of the 33rd team. He is... I don't know what he is. He's kind of a genius. I'm just going to say he's a genius. He is looking at coverage data. He's looking at how do players are impacted by coverages, what players beat certain coverages. He did a whole article on Week 17 as proponents to coverage, not just the matchups and who the players play, but who are they going to be facing and what type of coverages and defenses will they be facing and how will they attack said defenses. It's a very interesting, very cool article. One of my best friends in the industry. No questions about it. And I think you guys are going to learn a lot. You see Amari Cooper here. We are already talking over text, and I think that there's going to be a crazy take on Amari Cooper. But I know that JV will have the data to back it up, so I'm very excited for that. So make sure you tune in on Wednesday because I will be going live with Jordan Vanek of the 33rd team. Make sure to go follow him on Twitter. I believe it's at Jordan Vanek DFS. So lots of cool things coming, but this wide receiver show is going to be a lot of fun. Of course, we will talk wide receivers a bit on the show today, but. The other thing is underdog, right? Underdog Fantasy, make sure you go to underdog and deposit $100 because you will get $100 matched if you use the promo code Wake Up. and make sure you join the Cardio Club. The Cardio Club has started up again. You see all these guys posting their underdog drafts while they're running on the treadmill, while they're on the bike, whatever it is they're doing. It's going to be a lot of fun and there's a lot of cool contests and things that you can win by being part of the Cardio Club and as well getting comp entries and getting money back for those entries. So make sure you go check out the Cardio Club at Underdog and post it on Twitter, Underdog Cardio Club, and you will get free entries and access to the Cardio Club once you complete that. So go check out underdogfantasy.com and go check them out on Twitter to find the full rules to be entered into the Cardio Club contest because it is a great time for you to join Underdog and use the promo code Wake Up for a 100% deposit match up to one hundred dollars, and you know if everyone's talking about the Celtics, this is this is exciting. I, I'm, I think it's pretty funny. Leo's saying the NBA scriptwriters are on strike. We're looking at two sweeps, people. Everyone said, oh, the bubble, this, the bubble, that, the Miami Heat aren't that good. Oh, the Lakers, blah 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 blah. And what happens? I mean, Denver on the verge of sweeping the Lakers. Pretty sure they can sweep them tonight. And the Celtics getting blown out last night. Jason Tatum, yet to score a bucket in the fourth quarter? I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys, man. Uh, The Celtics, they are blowing it big time. Shout out to the Heat. Shout out to Jimmy Buckets, man. Uh, Jimmy Buckets, one of probably the most underrated players in the NBA, uh, and he shows it in the playoffs, but yeah, just crazy to see. We could be on the verge of two sweeps in the conference finals in the NBA. We just don't see this basically ever, so if it happens we would see some history and I would be pretty, pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. But all the intros are done. We got the money out of the way. Everything is paid for. We are good to go. So Ray, get off my back. We are good, but this is going to be a very good show. I think it will be a lot of fun. And I do have a couple of rules. So we'll be talking overrated and underrated. And these are the rules for the show. Number one, you cannot sit on the fence. A player will either be overrated or underrated. You know, in certain cases, maybe we will say that players are properly rated, but in most cases, I don't want to mince words. I don't want to stay on the fence. I want to pick overrated or underrated. As always, make sure you guys are commenting your answers as we go through these players because I want to hear your opinion too. Do you think this player is overrated or underrated? And second of all, I want you to ask questions. I want you guys to ask me questions, ask the chat questions, and I will bring up those questions so we can have a discussion on these players. I don't want to just give my take and then you guys just comment and no, this is an interactive show. I want you guys to feel involved. So I want you guys to ask questions and we can try to answer them and bring them up as I'm going through the players and. as well I want you guys to bring up players that I don't talk about because we can always get into them it's my show we can go off the rails we can talk about this player that player whoever so I want you guys to get involved put players in the chat and we can go through those guys and last but not least it's have fun and learn ultimately this show is supposed to be fun and I want you guys to take something away from it so I will talk about the data talk about the players talk about the value talk about all the different stipulations that come up with the rankings and why we draft a player or a certain player but at the end of the day the whole goal is to learn learn, and have fun. So I hope you guys are excited. I think this is going to be a really fun show. And I do want to kick it off with a bit of a bang because the first two players I want to talk about are quarterbacks. And it's not so much whether these players are overrated or underrated, but it's the general philosophy with quarterbacks that is very difficult for me right now to look at and say, this makes sense. But at the same time, it does make sense. So Let's start off with Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson, because they are QB8s and QB9 on KTC ADP right now. And in most cases, they'll be right around there in any draft you do. Ahead of them, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. Pretty easy to look at these guys and say, yeah, they're head and shoulders above. But what's tough is you look at some of these guys and you're like, okay, someone's got to be QB8. But I don't feel as confident about Justin Fields, about Anthony Richardson, as I do about Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. So what do we do with these guys? Because this is part of the problem. So Ricardo saying Fields overrated, TJ Dibbs overrated. And it's not that I think these guys are overrated. But when I'm looking at these this data, someone has to be QB8. And should it be Kyler Murray? Should it be Deshaun Watson? And I'm kind of in the Deshaun Watson camp. But again, people have him valued as QB12. I'm not I wasn't gonna bring up Deshaun Watson on the show. He's underrated. That's very simple. That league in passing last time he played a full season. But Fields, is an interesting case. So the case of Fields is this: you have Fields gets DJ Moore, Tyler Scott, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson. Again, not monumental pieces, but much better than he had last season. He was QB1 for eight straight weeks last year before getting hurt. In that stretch, he was the NFL's second leading rusher, only behind Josh Jacobs. Let me say that again. He was the NFL's second leading rusher from week six to week 15 when he went on that tear and was QB1 almost every single week. I don't know what we are looking at with Justin Fields going forward, But let me tell you, that is just ridiculous. You know, you look at Lamar Jackson's MVP season, and he put up very similar numbers. Fields would have broke his record, but he got hurt, didn't play in the last couple games. So he finished about 50 yards short of Lamar Jackson's record. And when Lamar Jackson had his MVP season, the following year, he only regressed by about 200 rushing yards. His touchdowns stayed the same. His attempts were around the same. But you have, you look at the rushing yards and the the touchdowns, everything from the points on the ground. They were very very similar where he regressed the most was in the passing department so when you look at fields and you say well you know is he really going to rush for 1100 yards again probably not but history tells us that some of these elite rushers can maintain a pretty steady rushing production regardless of whether they have career years or not so when i was looking at that data i was kind of like okay so maybe fields can do this again Maybe not to the extent we saw last year because he was like ridiculous in terms of yards before contact and all these things, but he could still have another phenomenal season ahead of him. And I'm almost, I'm almost there to say that he's underrated. And it's not that I don't believe that he should be QB or not that I believe he should be QB eight. Cause I think that's, you know, a little bold, but again, someone has to be QB eight. Everyone behind these guys are not studs. Bryce Young, not a stud. Kyler Murray injured. Deshaun Watson, Probably should be there. CJ Stroud, Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa, Daniel Jones only gets worse from there. So someone has to be in this spot. And I think it's really interesting talking about this spot in particular because you have Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson, and last year, Trey Lance was in this exact same spot back at the first QB8, QB9 behind Jack Prescott. And now you, look at, now you look at Trey Lance, again, job security, all these things down behind Kenny Pickett at QB20. So it's very interesting to see how people feel about these guys, because I got to be honest, Anthony Richardson at QB9, I, I don't, in the chat, let me know, can you please tell me if you're in a startup, how do you take Anthony Richardson as your QB1? Maybe you're, you're playing this double back with Watson in the second round, and I could get on board with that, because he's not really operating as your QB1, but I think it's so difficult to look at, so John's saying in the question, main question is how much his passing attempts compare, go up compared to last year. Yeah, that's a big question with fields for sure. But again, I don't necessarily want to, I don't necessarily want to be saying, oh, he's going to throw for 500 attempts, 600 attempts. He was just as bad of a passer last year as he was the year before. He was a much better rusher this year. And that was where we came up big. Tyler's saying AR over fields, more guaranteed years of security. Now that's a big factor, but Tyler, the big thing here is that, yes, you are guaranteed more years of security, but you still have to wait that time. It took Fields about 16, I think it was actually closer to 18 games to truly break out. And he never broke out as a passer. He was just like, fuck it, I'm a run. And that's what he did. He was running for almost 100 yards a game, like I mentioned, right behind Josh Jacobs. So you get the security, but you still have to deal with the years of growing pains and what potentially could be for a player like Anthony Richardson. As much as we love the talent, you still like, again, he's your Q, he's QB nine and he's maybe ready to start this year. Maybe not. And how does he ultimately look when this season starts rolling in? We'll see. It's tough. If you're trying to win in a startup, it's very difficult for me to say, yeah, go and draft Anthony Richardson at 16 overall, because, you know, you look at him and you say, I need a quarterback. I need that elite quarterback. He has that elite ceiling. But if you're not drafting him in the rookie draft to be that where you have other quarterbacks to build around it's difficult for me to say that it's going to get much better. Now, John saying his receiving options were terrible last year. Totally agree with that, but he wasn't a great passer, even with those bad receiving options. Oh, look at this, George. Look at this, George. J. rich over a rich. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about right there. A rich has an offensive head coach fields. Doesn't, this could be a big factor. Fields doesn't have his first. Now the, the Colts do again. This is, this is going to be very interesting. So, I think this could be a big factor. Stone's saying, you know, Avery has an offensive head coach, Fields doesn't, and his team has two first firsts 24. He's on notice, therefore overrated. Uh, I don't know but overrated. So if I'm picking, and I want to know, it, we've talked about a few different things. Fields could have a Hurts-type season, of course. It's possible. I don't know if I would go that far, but it's possible. If I was picking a side, I think that in some world, Justin Fields is probably a little bit underrated. As much as I believe that the top seven quarterbacks are the better options, and even I would probably throw uh, Deshaun Watson in that option, because I think he's a better option than Fields personally, I still think that you could find, that you could have a top five quarterback season with Fields because we already saw him get so close last year. Where I have concerns is you have the Lamar Jackson aspect of, well, you know, Lamar's running all the time. He's not playing all these games. He keeps getting hurt. Fields, same thing happened to him last year. He ran a lot. He got hurt. And that's what we don't want to see from these rushing quarterbacks. As much as we love them, as much as we want to start them week in and week out, we still don't want to see them running that much, because we know that they get hurt. Now, Fields is massive. He's bigger than Lamar. He can probably handle those hits a little bit more than Lamar can. But overall, I still think that Fields is probably a little bit underrated, and I would probably put him in the tier with Fields. And if I'm saying anything for Anthony Richardson, I think I have to say overrated. I love the talent. I love the raft score. I love everything that comes with it. If you're taking him in a rookie draft, you're fine. But if you're taking him in a startup draft, I just, I think there's a lot of risk that you would be taking on. And I love the upside. But that risk of taking him. At 16th overall. Is probably just a little bit too much for me. It's probably just a little bit too much for me. And I probably wouldn't do it. But where are you guys at with A-Rich and Fields? Uh, I think Lamar is another guy you could say is a little bit underrated at QB7. He could easily be better than Lawrence, easily better than Herbert, easily better than Burrow. We know he has MVP upside. I don't want to bring him into this conversation because I think he is firmly entrenched in the tier above. But I think you look at Fields and A-Rich, they are kind of in their own tiers right now on KTC at QB8 and QB9. And I kind of believe that Fields deserves to be in the tier above with Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. But... You know, we'll see. Gavin's saying Lawrence is underrated because he's taller and more athletic than Burrow and three years younger. I mean, he is more athletic, taller. We've seen Kyler Murray be a QB1. I don't really care about height when we're talking about 6'2 versus 6'6. And again, age, you know, I mean, whatever. Joe Burrow is what, 20? He's 26.4. Lawrence is 23.6. In in terms of quarterbacks, like these guys are going nowhere. Their franchise quarterbacks are going to be on the field for the next 10 years. S.J.E. saying both A. Rich and Fields are overrated. Uh, I mean, I don't really disagree with the take. I, I think the problem is, just like I kind of laid out, you have the seven quarterbacks ahead of them and you don't really know who to put after him because you don't feel good about Kyler Murray. You don't feel good about Bryce Young. You don't feel good about Stroud. You don't, maybe feel okay about Stroud. Dak, you know, I'm not really a big Dak guy. And then John's saying Joe, Joe Burrow is good, man. And the bigger thing, he has Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is huge. You have to to factor in, he has Jamar Chase, he has C. Higgins. I love the weapons on the Jaguars. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Travis Etienne, Tank, Bigsby, all these guys, Evan Ingram, there's tons of guys there. But I still believe the Bengals are a better team. I still believe that Burrow is in the better spot. Now, you can build around Lawrence for a few years, but I think the Jaguars still have some things they have to do to get to that Bengals level. We saw the Bengals do crazy things their second year, only continue to build off that, and are only going to continue to do great things I still have Burrow firmly ahead of Lawrence, but I think it's an interesting to take talking about Burrow versus Lawrence because they are kind of in a similar tier. All this is saying, Gold Rings is saying, uh, at the end of the day, overrated, underrated is all based off the price you're willing to pay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's the biggest thing here is like, it's not just the age. It's not just the production, especially in the case of a rich, there's no production. We've never seen him play. But it's all depending on what you want to play and how you want to build your rosters. And again, for me, I could be okay building a team around fields. And I think if I was building it around a rich plus another piece, assuming it was probably a wide receiver, maybe a quarterback, if you can get two quarterbacks, Uh, maybe you go after Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson based off ADP. And that's just kind of how I'm looking at it. It's tough. Look at this. Look who made it. Shout out to Ray G on the plane, headed to Hawaii, relaxing, but still here. He said, sorry for being late, but Ray, appreciate you, bro. Have a good trip. Say hi to your people for me. Now, Matt, what's Matt Brunin saying? Let's see what Matt Brunin is saying. I like T-Law, but he's never shown us the production Burrow has with a much worse offensive line as well for Burrow. That's true. And they lost weapons on the offensive line. So they're trying to still kind of make sure they fortify that for the Jaguars versus the Bengals, who their offensive line couldn't have gotten much worse. And now they are looking ahead and being much, much better. What? Rubio. Wow. Herbert is overrated where he's being drafted. Okay. Rubio, I want to hear, I want to hear your comments because I already laid it out. He's, he's only ahead of Lawrence Jackson fields. Maybe you're saying that he shouldn't be over Lawrence. Maybe you're saying he shouldn't be over Jackson, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't know where you, where do you want him to go? He's still a top quarterback, got a new offensive coordinator. So he's not going to dump off to Austin Eckler so much. He's going to throw down the field. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Rubio. I don't know what the hate is for Herbert. Herbert's a good quarterback. Don't worry about Herbert. He's gonna be just fine. Fields is gonna to have to play different this year. Let's see. Field, Jay Fields is gonna to have to play different this year, unless they want to go 2 and 14 again. That means he's gonna to have to pass more, and that's not what you want. Aaron, I think that's the the big sticking point here is that as much as I want Fields to pass more. He needs to be better. Like, he really does. You look at EPA per drop back, he was like bottom 10, I believe, in the league over the past two seasons. Not even just this past season. There was someone who dropped it on Twitter, and I saw it this morning. It was EPA per drop back in 70% pass situation. So, it's looking at the likelihood to pass, and it was 70% or higher. Number one, no surprise, Patrick Mahomes. Literally head and shoulders above everybody then you look at a player like jalen hurts he was in the top 10 and then you look at fields he's in the bottom 10 and this isn't just last year it's last year and this year so you're looking at some of these players how do they perform when they're expected to pass zach wilson baker mayfield justin fields all these guys they're not good so he has to improve dramatically if they're going to be better and you don't want to see fields pass in the way he's looked so he's going to have to be better overall but Let's move on to the next topic because I do want to talk some running backs here a little bit because there's so many issues with these running backs. One, they have no value. You try and trade for a running back. They have zero value. I don't really know what to do in my drafts. Like I almost talked about Jameer Gibbs here because Jameer Gibbs is literally RB5. Let that sink in. Jameer Gibbs is RB5. Now behind him, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs only gets older from there. Ahead of him, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, B. John Robinson. Is that fair? I don't know. I don't know if that's fair because you look at him and you're like, damn, RB5 drafted 25th overall and rising. He's still going up. Is he going to have Christian McCaffrey? Probably not. But it's interesting to see the dynasty landscape. Tyler said Gibbs big overrated. Goat rings overrated. I don't really disagree. I was, this wasn't even supposed to be a conversation about Gibbs, but you look at the ADP and you're like, I mean, RB5, come on. I get he's good. And I think the conversation that I would have with Gibbs for people who want to draft Gibbs, um, outside of a rookie draft, of course, because in a rookie draft, I think he's a fine spot where he's at. But outside of a rookie draft, you're looking at Jameer Gibbs and you're like, okay. What is he supposed to do to return this value? Because he's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not Jonathan Taylor. He's not Brees Hall. He's not B. John Robinson. He's not Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. Now, Saquon Barkley obviously is 26. Jameer Gibbs is 21. We do love the Lions offense, and they're going to be great this year. But if you're drafting him in a startup as your RB1, I mean, I think you're making a big mistake. Now, this conversation was actually supposed to be about Josh Jacobs because I'm very intrigued how people feel about Josh Jacobs. He's RB9 right now. 45th overall, ahead of him, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne. Behind him, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. Now, you look at Josh Jacobs, what did he do last year? He was great. He had 404 opportunities, 2,000 total yards, double-digit touchdowns. I mean, what do you want the guy to do? He led the league in rushing. He had 64 targets. I really like it. Look at Ray. Gibbs in that Ben Johnson offense is set to smash. Y'all listen to too many fantasy analysts. Maybe he could smash but what is what is smashing for Gibbs? That's all I'm saying. What what are we expecting from him in this season? Don't make football more complicated than it needs to be. I agree, but based off the market and the prices, is he a is he really underrated as RB5 25th overall in startups? That, that's the question that we have to ask ourselves outside of rookie drafts. I think rookie drafts, we already have a set market. We know what we're going to pay. And I think we agree on the pricing for all of these players. But when you look at a startup draft, it's like, oh, oh boy, this is a, a little interesting. But I do want to get back to Jacobs because Jacobs is a player that I think could be a little bit underrated heading into this season. The reason why is because you look at the players that I mentioned, Bijan John Robinson, Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs, Uh, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, not really there, but those guys are the guys that I believe that you probably want for more than one year. But outside of that, I mean, you got Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler. I could make the case for Najee Harris as a little bit underrated as RB12. I do believe the things they did in Pittsburgh were great for him, and he will only continue to get better. And as well, if Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, I believe that he can get there. You're talking about uh, Josh Jacobs relative to Najee Harris. Yeah, it's he's he's actually not very old. He's 25-3, and like you mentioned, Najee Harris 25-2. So Josh Jacobs is not as old as everyone thinks he is. He's only 25, people. He's not that old. But behind him, you have Tony Pollard, you have Austin Eckler, you have Najee Harris, Ramondre, Nick Chubb. Those guys, I'm here and I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, if all these guys are going to be one year guys or at least guys you really only want to count on for one year, why are we so hesitant to take a player like Josh Jacobs? When he's on the franchise tag, he's probably going to get another 300, 350 opportunities and be a great running back who gets volume. I believe of the last 15 weeks of the year, he had like once stick over as a starter. He had 15 carries almost every single week. There's one week he had 10 and he's catching passes. Like I mentioned, 64 targets last year. He's going to be a great running back, and he's not a player who you need to take and say, well, they need to be super efficient. Tony Pollard is going to be super efficient. Austin Eckler needs to be super efficient and score touchdowns. Najee Harris will have the volume. Ramon will probably have the volume. Nick Chubb will have the volume. But Jacobs, of all those running backs I mentioned, he's probably going to have a ton of volume. Now, Stone asked a pretty good question. When was the last time we had a back back-to-back leading rushers in the NFL? Absolutely a fair point absolutely a fair point it's not going to happen i think if i was betting on anybody lead the league in rushing it would be derrick henry even with that terrible offensive line there's always a chance he gets traded so i'm just looking at him saying josh jacobs is he overrated or is he underrated because of what we're going to see from him this season again the raiders aren't going to be good but they weren't good last year either so why are we expecting to be any better this year now let's look at some of these comments because i've been slowly going over them quickly monty gonna to eat too he's better than Jay willie yeah i think monty's gonna have a good year let's see who else we're looking at here Etienne played great last year i know people were saying Etienne's overrated okay tyler what are we doing what what are we doing gibbs is darren sproles 2.0 what tyler that's that's not it bro that's that's not it that's not it man i i we can't do that gavin okay gavin you want to talk about kenneth walker this is an interesting conversation in terms of Kenneth Walker. He's saying Kenneth Walker is crazy underrated and he's already dropping in ADP. They drafted Zach Charbonnet in the second round. We don't know what that offense is going to look like this year. Kenneth Walker's interesting because at some point, at some point, he's going to be a value. He can't just keep dropping down all these boards and nobody ever take him, he has to be drafted by somebody, and he's going to be a value at some point. 23 years old, 1,100 yards last year, I almost talked about him on the show, but I was kind of like, well, you know, at what point is he a value? It's true. Now, Plurals Juro said, can he be underrated if the Seahawks felt the need to go get another day two running back? That's a great point, but at the same time, they got rid of some running backs already. So they had to bring in somebody, and while the draft capital says that Charbonnet deserves opportunity and probably will get it, Walker still could get upwards of 200 carries, get some targets, but again, at RB8 prices, it's like, oh, I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about that at all. I I, I don't want Kenneth Walker as RB8. I don't really want him ahead of Jacobs, ahead of Pollard, ahead of Eckler, ahead of Najee, ahead of Ramondre, ahead of Chubb, even ahead of J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins is a perfect player. You look at and you say... Well, Jacob Dobbins could kind of do what Kenneth Walker can do. He can run. He's a great runner. He can get tons of carries. He can score touchdowns. So you look at that and you're like, but at the end of the day, it's like, where do we ultimately slot in Kenneth Walker? And where would you guys have Kenneth Walker? Going back to the original conversation, because we got a little derailed there. Josh Jacobs to me is a little bit underrated, not based off of his draft capital or where you have to take him. But I think of all the guys behind him, he's probably the one most set up for touches in an offense that will get him the ball. And so that's where I believe that they could be good. Ray St. saying D'Angelo Williams, Jay Stu 2.0 with Walker and Sharbs. It's actually a pretty good comp, assuming they run the ball enough because those guys got the ball about 200 carries a season in their best seasons. So again, you're talking about 400 plus carries to these guys, plus receptions, all these things. And Seattle has to be really good. But he could be fine and he could be good. The question is, is that where do you draft these guys? and How do you project them? Because Zach Charbonnet all the way down at RB22, barely in the top 100. So a big discrepancy there between Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker, those ADPs obviously have to kind of smash together a little bit closer. And I think it will be closer to value. But of all those guys, and I want to know from you guys in the chat, who do you believe is actually the better running back? Because if we're going to say that Kenneth Walker is going to get that 60%, you probably want them on your rosters at the price that it is right now. Maybe not. But if Charbonnet is only getting the 40%, you still want them. But I think the price is, is a little bit fine. And you can go overall, be able to absorb that. I still want Kenneth Walker, but the price is definitely too high. And it would he'd probably drop at least 15, 20 spots, probably around that JK Dobbins range. And I heard someone say in the chat, JK is a little bit underrated. Oh, man, he could be. He could be. Rubio said, bruh, JK is way underrated. He's going to smash this year if he has two healthy legs. He could be, but the problem with JK, he's already had a serious knee injury. So where is the value upside for JK Dobbins and why would I draft him way ahead of Damian Pierce? I think that he could be similar to Damian Pierce. Miles Sanders is there. Derrick Henry's there. Like, I just don't view JK Dobbins as this smash upside pick. Again, you want to take him over Javante Williams? Absolutely. Javante Williams is, uh, I don't I don't want him on my rosters. He's not Probably going to be healthy to start the season. So Rubio is saying KW three is going is definitely the leader. Walker and Sharps is what Chris Carson, Rashad Penny were supposed to be. Yeah, they totally could be. And again, you want the Chris Carson, not necessarily the Rashad Penny. And Elijah's saying it, price for KW3 def needs to drop. And it is dropping. You know, it's dropped a lot since the draft. But yeah, it still has a long way to go, I think. He has to get behind Pollard, Eckler, Harris, even Ramondre to some extent. Um, All these guys, I think, definitely deserve to be ahead of Walker um, with the role we're projecting for him right now. So that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. And, And I think that of those running backs, it's an interesting spot to be in because you want them. But, you know, do you really, really want them? It's just, you want them on your rosters because they're going to be good, but you don't necessarily want to draft them that high in drafts. And that's kind of where I'm at. I was saying James Cook is underrated. Wow. Interesting. 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 James Cook. Wow. People like themselves from James Cook. I saw D bro on Twitter, you know, he, all, all over. Oh, James Cook is going to be great. James Cook's going to be this. James Cook's going to be that. I love James Cook. I think he's a great running back. What does he look like in this offense? I don't know because the Bills, they they don't they don't use the running backs that much. They will run the ball with the running backs, but we want James Cook to catch passes. And if he's not catching passes, then what do you want me to do? But again, at cost, would you prefer James Cook, Dave Montgomery, Dalvin Cook? I mean, if I'm looking at volume, I probably want Dave Montgomery and Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook in Minnesota right now. We'll see where he ultimately ends up. Does he stay in Minnesota? Does he leave? He could be a post-June 1st designation. Oh no, Rubio, you didn't, you didn't do that. Gibbs reminds me of the Cook hype last year. Rubio, you said some things this show. You've said some things. And I want to say this respectfully. What? You're wrong. You're very wrong. He was not drafted 12th overall. He was a second-round pick. I get Buffalo, but they're going to use him. Like they're going to utilize him. So you you don't have to fear about what we're doing here. Ty. Waking up from holiday Monday in Nova Scotia. Yes, Ty, it is a holiday in Canada. It is Victoria Day for everyone who does not know. Uh, should we start calling it Charles's Day because he is now the king? I, I don't know. I'm just here to talk about fantasy football. Don't talk about my holiday takes. Um, I'm just happy that I will not have to work on Thanksgiving this year. So that's dope. But as a, going back to the question, talking about Dalvin Cook, Dave Montgomery, and James Cook, even Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, like James Cook is the guy that is... Up there in value, but probably a little bit overrated based off of where we would take him. Like, you want a player like James Cook for what he could be, but he hasn't really shown us... Anything on the field as of yet. Now he could easily supplant Damien Harris as a starting running back for the Buffalo Bills, but they brought in Damien Harris, who has shown to be a successful running back in the past, and I think they will fill him in that Devin Singletary role. At which point, James Cook will res- assume his same role this season and hopefully build off it. But if he doesn't, he's probably going to be a rotational back and probably will slot in even below RB 32. So let's scroll down here, see where we're at. Oh, look at that. It's Mama Barry's birthday. Let's go. Happy birthday to Mama Barry. Shout out to Mama Barry. That is dope. Barry wanted to give her a shout out now that I saw that in the chat. Uh, But yeah, so that's where I'm at with Josh Jacobs. Do you think Mixon's ADP dip has made him a buy low considering his job is locked in? Well, Drake, this is a big question. Is his job locked in are they moving forward with him? Because he is moving up right now. You look at KTC ADP, he was dropping quite a bit, and now he's kind of going back up because, again, he survived the draft. He so far has survived free agency, and so there's reason to believe he will be in that role again next season where he was great. Now, again, the rushing ability... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't that good. Joe Mixon struggled last year when it came to running the ball, especially early in the year. But once he got going, he was actually pretty good catching passes, running the ball. Obviously, the upside is very, very high for a player like Joe Mixon in that Bengals offense or any running back in that Bengals offense. That's why we were drafting Chase Brown because of what he could be if if ultimately they got rid of Mixon and move forward with a multitude of running backs and maybe potentially he could be the guy. Now it's looking like Mixon's going to be back and if they don't cut him, he's probably gonna be pretty good. Now, Gavin's saying five TD game buoy, and that's true. Yeah, it's very his value is very much buoyed by the fact that he had a monster game last season. And outside of that, he was pretty much pedestrian at times, and that's what makes him difficult. 26.8 in age, he's getting up there. But I think it's a lot less less egregious than Alexander Madison's rise because. We've seen this before, people. We've seen this. Why are people all in on Alexander Madison? Why are you taking him ahead of Cam Akers, ahead of Dave Montgomery, ahead of Dalvin Cook? Even like, what are people doing? What do you think you're going to get out of 25 year or 25 year old Alexander Madison? that we haven't seen. He started the game, I believe it was last year or two years ago for the against the Falcons. And he was awful. It was, all oh, this is time to shine. Finally, we're gonna get Alexander Madison unleashed. And he did nothing. He had like 60 rushing yards, didn't score, didn't catch any passes. It's just, I, I don't know what people are buying into with Alexander Madison, but he is soaring right now. He's up 35 spots. And I just, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. His value was all the way down at RB44 at one point. Now he's up all the way to RB27. I just, I don't get it. If you don't know the archetype of a player you're acquiring, you'll always be disappointed. And this is a big point that Ray's making. Um, You're talking about uh, James Cook. We're talking about uh, Kenneth Walker and Jack Charbonnet and how they operate together. We're talking about Jameer Gibbs and how he's going to operate for the Detroit Lions offense. And all this kind of goes back to the role. What is the role these players are going to play? What do we really project for these players? And this is why one of my favorite exercises to do is to go back and look at how players were utilized and how we can project them into either the same role or a different role in an offense. When you're looking at a player like Jameer Gibbs, you go and instantly look at how was DeAndre Swift utilized in the offense? That's exactly what Ray did. He went and he looked in and looked at the Detroit Lions offense and said, how did they utilize DeAndre Swift? What are the things that he did well that Jameer Gibbs could come in and do similarly with greater success? Because he has more explosiveness. He's just as good as, as a pass catcher, just as elusive. But again, he will actually be on the field, fingers crossed, we hope, to play for the Detroit Lions, something that DeAndre Swift could not do. And that's where when you're looking at his ceiling again, RB5 is bold, but he's young, he's athletic, he's in a great offense, and that's great for his long-term potential. That's one of the reasons why he gets drafted so high. But again, you're still looking at a guy who probably won't see the majority of touches, but what he does do with those touches can be very efficient and score a ton of fantasy points. We've seen stretches where DeAndre Swift is RB is an RB1 because he's catching a ton of passes, he's scoring touchdowns, he's very efficient, and that's the biggest thing here is that we need these players to not just be talented, but be very efficient. And when you get the draft capital that Jameer Gibbs got, he's going to play and he's going to put up a lot of numbers because he's going to get opportunities. So Kevin's saying because of one game, Maddie put up decent numbers consistently when Cook was out. From what I can recall, he was okay. Now he had one good game against the Seahawks and that was mainly because the Seahawks rush defense was god awful. On top of that, they also did not cover pass catchers out of the backfield. So Madison caught some passes out of the backfield there. Again, I don't think Madison is bad but where he's being drafted doesn't make sense to me. And that's the bigger point here is that we're talking about overrated, underrated. Alexander Madison for me is a little bit overrated because do we want Alexander Madison even over Brian Robinson? Maybe he will catch passes. He'll be fine. I like the Vikings offense, but if they go to Jordan Addison more, he could be fine. Do you want him over Joe Mixon in that Bengals offense? I don't, right? I don't really want him over that. Do you want him over James Cook? Probably, because i would probably take the volume that I expect from Madison if he starts, which I think is a little bit of an if. If he starts, I do like that. Dave Montgomery. I kind of expect Dave Montgomery to be pretty good this year. You look at what Jamal Williams did last year, and not to say they're one-on-one replacements, but you look at what Dave Montgomery could do in that offense, he could be fine. And that's why I kind of like him there. Alvin Kamara, now he's probably not going to play all year, but if he did play all year, he'd be much higher than RB36. Now, Alex said, now nah, give me b Rob." Again, B Rob's gonna get his carries. They talked about getting Antonio Gibson the ball some more. So we'll see what ultimately happens with those guys. But yeah, Madison is kind of a bit of a fade for me right now at cost. He's rising too much. Joe Mixon, Akers, Dave Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, Roshan Johnson, Brian Robinson are all those guys. I think you could consider taking over him. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. This this is this is bad. What? This is this is what? Oh no. Ray. Ray. The Lakers are not coming back. For all you listening on the podcast feed, Ray said the Lakers are coming back 3 What? I, I just, I I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. This is, I, for your sake, I hope so. For your sake, I hope so. And that's it. That, that's that's all I'll say. For your sake, I hope so. Um, Shout out Denver. Shout out Jamal Murray. The Maple Mamba. Love that dude. Kitchener's finest. Let's go. Jamal Murray going to torch the Lakers. John, <laughs> John said Lakers in six okay, John. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know about that, but I hope so. Now let's move on because I do have some wide receivers. I want to talk about, uh, mainly some second year wide receivers, because I do think there was an interesting conversation you could have with these wide receivers here. Uh, wide receivers are King in dynasty. We know this. You need to have great wide receivers. You look at the top of the board, Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, Ceedee lamb, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver five, my goodness. But to be fair, love me some Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Wide receiver 10. That's something. That's I'll leave it at that. Dodson. Tater Wolf, you want to talk about Dodson? I was actually looking at Dodson. And what's interesting about him, right? Wide receiver 27, behind Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Traylon Burks, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson wide receiver 20 is that's something. That's something. John said it best. Cancun on three. Let's go. So going back to the wide receivers, Dodson's interesting because he's ahead of Terry McLaurin. So I do want to know from you guys. Do you think that this season we will see Dodson be the alpha or Terry McLaurin? They are literally back-to-back in ADP at 69 and 70 wide receiver, 27 and 28, because for everything that Dodson is not, I think that we could see, and I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan, huge, huge. I think that Dodson could be the alpha this year. So Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think there's a world where he could be, and I don't think that's reflected in ADP right now, but you're know, you looking at it, and some people are saying right now, David's saying, actually, Terry might be underrated because he is lower than Jahan Dotson. Now, they're basically neck and neck, so you take your pick, and that's fine from there. But the two players I did want to highlight were Traylon Burks, who is wide receiver 24, 66 overall, and George Pickens. Everyone knows I love me a good George Pickens take. I, I love someone already put it in the chat George Pickens. Yeah, you know, we got to talk about George Pickens when we're talking about overrated underrated because George Pickens is probably one of the most overrated receivers in the league. But to be fair to George Pickens and why I need to acknowledge his drop in ADP. He's wide receiver 30 right now. So it's not like he's super high to where you can't take him. But would I take him over Chris Godwin. Probably not. Would I take him over Christian Kirk? Probably not. Would I take him over Calvin Ridley? Probably not. Would I take him over Marquise Brown? Marquise Brown's going to have a shit quarterback this year? Probably not. Would I take him over Deontay Johnson? Hell no. What? Absolutely not. Wide receiver 36, Deontay Johnson. Again, everything you want Deontay Johnson to be, he is probably not going to be that. He, He, for whatever reason... He is not getting the downfield targets. He is not scoring touchdowns. Doesn't mean he's not going to score touchdowns this year, but for everything he is and everything he's not, he's probably not going to score touchdowns. And that kind of sucks, but I hope the Kenny Pickett can be better. And this discrepancy in ADP is insane. 72 all the way down to 91. 21 spots between two guys on the same team. And I believe it was Ian Hardis who put out the tweet from when Kenny Pickett Pickett took over. When Kenny Pickett took over, Deontay Johnson had 92 targets, and I believe George Pickens had like 57. Now, I want to show you guys these numbers because I mentioned two receivers, Traylon Burks, George Pickens. Traylon Burks is wide receiver 24, Pickens all the way down to wide receiver 30. But look at these metrics for Burks. And one of the big things I want people to take away from this show, talking about Traylon Burks, it's not that I love Tennessee. Y'all know me. Y'all know I hate Tennessee. I don't want players going to Tennessee. I don't want them playing for Tennessee because Tennessee does not throw the ball. Now, they did bring in a new OC, so maybe they will throw the ball more this year. But talking about Traylon Burks, the reason why you have to acknowledge he could have success is because he is going to be the alpha on this offense. You cannot say that about George Pickens. He is not going to be the alpha for the Steelers. It's not happening. Now, I could be wrong. I will openly acknowledge that. I could be wrong. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's still Deontay, unless we hear rumblings that Pickens is going to be the Alpha and all these things. Because you remember when Juju was moving to the slot, Deontay has moved outside. We knew that Deontay was going to be the alpha. For some reason, people didn't believe it. And yet, what happens? Deontay becomes the alpha. Juju has now been on two teams and back in New England with Mac Jones, where he was always supposed to be. John said it. Burke's going to have a massive target share. Well, that's great. And, and I love that for, for Traylon Burks. The issue is volume. And Elijah said it, it's volume. He can have a 26, 27% target share, but if that only translates to 115 targets, that's, you know, that's fine, but it's not great. And I think that's the bigger problem with Trelon Burks is you look at him and you say, would I take him over Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Yeah, I think there's a world where you do because he had a 23.8% target rate. Target rate is the percentage of targets from when they ran routes. You look at George Pickens, his target rate is 16.3%. Why is that? Because yes, he runs routes and yes, he had 800 yards last year, but he's not seeing the volume when he's on the field. He's just running routes and not getting targets at the same rate that Burks is. Now again, Burks, 8.6 points per game, Pickens, 9.8 points per game. Pickens did have 1,300 air yards, but again, he played 17 games, so he should have a pretty good air yard share. And his A dot was very good as well. I believe it was in the top 20, but you look at his yards per route run, 1.54 yards per route run, which is not good. I believe it was in like the, I think he's in like the 40s or the 50s of all receivers last year. I'm not really in the camp that I that you should be buying Pickens, especially at cost. I think he's got a lot more room to fall. And you look at Burks, 1.96 yards per route run. So you look at three things. Target rate, 23.8%. percentage of targets when running routes, that's his target percentage when he runs routes, almost 24%. Points per game was 8.6, which isn't great, but... And George said this, he's saying that he's feeling much better this year. Now he's more acclimated to the Tennessee climate. He's feeling better. He can breathe, not having issues with asthma, probably in better shape, which is definitely helpful as well. Oh God, Jeff, we will get to you in a minute, Jeff. I will highlight your comment and we'll get to that. But I am a fan of the advanced metrics of Burks. When you look at his target rate and he's going to be on the field more. And you're looking at his yards per route run, which is almost two, which I believe is in the top 20 in the NFL, 20 or 30 in the NFL. So it's definitely a good number, 1.96. Anything above two is very good for yards per route run. Trayvon Burks was almost there. George Pickens, not even close. Not even close. Tyler's saying, Jay Rich, taking your boy Mingo over Pickens straight up. I mean, no, I probably wouldn't do that, realistically. I mean, you look at where he is drafted. Let me see if I can find him. I was looking at him earlier. Uh, He's ahead of Mike Williams, ahead of Rashad Bateman, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, ahead of Mike Evans, uh, all the way up wide receiver 39. So if he gets closer, maybe, because when we're looking at this, we're saying you look at Pickens, wide receiver 30, and you look at Mingo all the way down at wide receiver 39, if you're taking a guy who could be the alpha on a team, you probably want to take Mingo. But again, the, the actual breakout age, the metrics for Mingo don't look great. It's just you're leaning on the draft capital and praying that Bryce can get him the ball. I think I'd probably lean on the better offense in the Steelers. Pickens was still good enough last year that I don't hate him. I just think that he needs to get like the hype train needs to chill. And reminds me a bit of Cortland Sutton when Cortland Sutton has his big year because Sutton had a massive year, no one really there. But Pickens does have targets there. They drafted uh, Washington, who will factor into the offense. They already have pl- players like Fryermuth. And I want to talk about Fryermuth because Jeff Math did put it in the comments, who's overrated, Pat Fryermouth or Kyle Pitts? Now, circling back to the question, I do believe that Trelon Burks is underrated. I want to know what you guys think of that. And then, of course, George Pickens been overrated from time. So let's talk about these tight ends because I didn't talk about Kyle Pitts and I don't really want to, I don't want to shit on Kyle Pitts on this show. I I do like Kyle Pitts and I don't think he's super overrated, Uh, but he is tight end two right now. And that's, that's something that is, uh, that is not good. Tight end two. Wow. That's uh, interesting. I don't know how to feel about that. Tight end two, Kyle Pitts. So here's what I will say about Pat Firemuth. I do really like him. But the problem is that overall, there's so many weapons there. Like, what are we seeing as the upside for Pat Fryer?muth Now he's got Washington to compete with. They already got Pickens. They got more guys. I'm just, I don't know where to land with him. And you look at him versus Dallas Goddard. He's kind of like a discount Goddard because he plays on a Dallas Goddard, plays on a much better team. And so Friermuth plays on a good team, but... Again, there's so many weapons on both teams. How do we value these guys? The most overrated player probably in fantasy right now is Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is tight end five. I I, I don't know what you guys want from Dalton Kincaid, but apparently you think he's Travis Kelsey because, or he's sorry, he's tight end six. George Kittle's tight end five. There's no world, no world at all where I believe that Dalton Kincaid is worthy of being tight end six in fantasy. There's just, there's no way. There's no way at all. So you talk about Pitts versus Firemuth. I think Pitts is a little overrated. You know, you look at him versus Kelsey. I would probably take Kelsey, him versus Hawkinson. I would probably take Hawkinson. But after that, I think you can make the case for Kyle Pitts. Um, Again, the ADPs aren't crazy. He's only five ahead of Kelsey, but he is a lot. He's about a round and a half ahead of TJ Hawkinson. So I would probably be looking towards Hawkinson and taking the value. And Barry said it. People want the world for Kincaid. They think he's going to be the slot receiver. And I've talked about it over and over and over again. You want the slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills. If that's Kincaid, great. (laughs) That's good for him. Bruning said it preached Jay Rich Kincaid at tight end six, absolutely wild. It is wild. He's a first round pick in rookie drafts. I just, I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't know what people want from these guys. But if you want to go deeper, because someone said Jay Rich get deeper, pause. Um, I do, we could talk about Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis was someone I was looking at in the ADP and I'm like, Maybe there is some buying opportunity for Gabe Davis. If we're talking about a player and Elwood said Shakir underrated. Yeah. Let's see where Shakir is ADP. If I can even find him, it's even on the first page. My goodness. My good. We're going to page two. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let me see what I can find here because I was looking at Gabe Davis. He's wide receiver 51 right now in terms of ADP. So I was looking at him and I was like 51. Wow. That's, that's something for a guy who, again, Still had 92 targets, 836 yards, seven touchdowns, 11.4 fantasy points per game, 18.3% target right, 94% route participation, and almost 1,400 air yards. So here's the problem. Here's the problem, John. I'm kind of with you. He's kind of a bum unless it's best ball. But at wide receiver, 51 prices, is there a world where he is a little bit underrated? He goes drafted around Darnell Mooney, Cortland Sutton, Jacoby Myers, John Mechie, Romeo Dobbs. And again, you go a little further down from there. But like, would you rather Juju Smith-Schuster, Jaden Reed, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, Cortland Sutton? I think you can make the case for Cortland Sutton, but I probably don't want Mooney. Definitely don't want Reed. Maybe want Juju. But I look at Gabe Davis and the thing that people got to remember about Davis and why I kind of want him on my teams do y'all remember what his peak value was September 14th of last year? Yeah, yeah, Ray. We, we will circle back to Kincaid in a second once I make my point about Gabe Davis. Kincaid is tight end what? Yes, we will we'll get back to that. Six, I, I, I can't believe it. But going back to Gabe Davis, do you know what his peak was in terms of wide receiver ranks September 14th of last season? It was wide receiver 15. Now again, this is like Gabe Davis is the one. The hype. Josh Allen, blah 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 blah. And I'm not really with that at all. You know, I was like, "No, we're fading Gabe Davis at costs. No way." But Gabe Davis is literally cheaper than he was a year ago. You go look back at what he was a year ago in at the same time, he was wide receiver 41-42. Now he's down all the way at wide receiver 54, and they didn't really bring in anybody of consequence to take targets away from him. So part of me thinks he is a little bit underrated, not because I really believe he has this phenomenal ceiling and in lineup leagues, it's difficult to know when to start him, but for where you're taking him right now, he kind of is a value and kind of is a guy that you should take a shot on because he's only 24. It's not like he's this super old guy that you don't want on your teams. He is looking for an extension. There's a lot of reasons to go after him. And oh wow, Stanley, Josh Allen overrated. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Josh Allen is probably not overrated, but again, if your quarterback is Josh Allen and the one thing that people are not accounting for, Josh Allen did tear his UCL last year. He did. So don't make it seem like Josh Allen wasn't hurt. While he played okay at times, I don't believe that, th- that we should just say, oh, well, he's not going to be better this year. He very well could be better this year. And so Stone asked me a question in the chat here: Who do you have more hope for, Gabe Davis or Kadarius Tony? Again, there's a lot of projection with Tony, and it's not that I don't want Tony shares, but what Gabe Davis did last year, I'm kind of inclined to say Davis because I think that he can be fine for fantasy. I don't know if I would take Tony here, but again, we'll see. Going back to the tight ends, because Ray was he was shocked when he found out the the ADP for these tight ends. It's It's pretty crazy. I will run down the list very quickly because I do want to talk a little bit about Darren Waller. I do really like where Darren Waller is in ADP right now. Number one for these guys. Now, Rubio is saying he wants Tony too. Josh Allen without Dayball and Diggs would be Justin Fields. Wow, Patrick. The chat, the takes, they're flying and I love it. But going back to the tight ends, we have in order Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Dalton Kincaid, Dallas Goddard, Pat Friermuth, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, Darren Waller, and Chiggy Oconquo are your top 12 tight ends right now in terms of KTC ADP. Now, the guy that sticks out for me, of course, is Darren Waller. I love the New York Giants and what they did on offense because they didn't really do a whole lot. They brought in Darren Waller. They brought in Jalen Hyatt. They brought in a 1,000 slot receivers. And I still believe there's a world where Darren Waller is the number one target on the team. And when you're drafting him as tight end 11 at 128 overall... I think is a pretty good buy now again this does factor in age he is 30 years old his health is god-awful dude is never healthy but if everything hits for darren waller he's definitely worthy of a top six tight end finish and that's the main reason why i believe that he's worth taking on and a little bit underrated and that's why i wanted to talk about him <laughs> Ray right in the chat alan stinks gift is a bum by tony checks date we have all we have a long summer ahead of us. Yeah, we do. It's going to be a long summer. Elwood said it over under 10 games for Waller. I would actually take the over there. I think he's going to have to play. And I think, you know, you looking at what he did on the Raiders last year. He was still pretty good at times. He was hurt, but I think this is a year we have to prove himself. He's in New York. He's going to be probably the number one target for Dables offense, and that's going to lend itself to him probably needing to be healthy. And so hopefully he can not stay healthy, but I think there's a really good chance that he does. I do like Laporta. I do like the value for Michael Mayer. I know that not everyone is in on Mayer, but I do think that filling in that Darren Waller role, which we've seen in the past has been in great well. We've seen Patriots tight ends is a great role. If for some reason, Michael Mayer went to the Patriots, he'd probably be higher in ADP right now. Yet Josh McDaniels is the architect of the offense. He is the guy that put these guys in these situations. So in some ways I do look at Michael Mayer and say, yeah, he could probably be pretty good. Will it be in year one? We'll see. But I think that over the long term, he could be a value. And at tight end nine, I don't hate it overall. Jawan Johnson or Foster Moreau? Give me Jawan Johnson. That's pretty easy. Foster Moreau is a great story, but I'm not taking him there. And then you look at other guys who are values at tight end. Trey McBride, tight end 18. I do like that one quite a bit. Uh, Mike Gasicki in New England is interesting, but again behind Jawan Johnson. No thank you. Tucker Kraft behind Luke behind Luke Shoemaker, behind Darnell Washington, behind Luke Musgrave, all the way down at tight end 28. Like that a lot. Jelani Woods down at tight end 30. Like that as well. And cannot forget Gerald Everett. Uh, Gerald Everett is the ultimate sleeper tight end at tight end 32. 238 overall. My goodness. And probably still gonna be the tight end for Justin Herbert. So he's gonna be just fine. Oh boy. Oh boy, black coffee plus a six and a half hour flight equals bad decisions. So you said it, I'm not going to say it. What? I'm just going to give you a what and we are going to move on from that situation because that is uh is not good. Is there anyone else you guys want to talk about before I get out of here? Because I was also going to mention Tyler Algier. I think that Tyler Algier is interesting to see where he falls at the end of this off season because he is a guy that had a great year last year. I know they drafted Bijan Robinson, but the Falcons still ran the ball at the highest rate in the NFL last year. And so you're talking about the highest rate in the NFL. That is a situation where multiple running backs can coexist and an RB42 prices and dropping. Algier could be a guy that is a value over the long term. And so while you don't love him this season, he could be a guy that you start as a flex option just to give you some carries as a body at running back who really isn't that expensive and understands the system and will get through it. So again, is there anybody else? <laughs> DK Metcalf, look at that, DK Metcalf. I I love DK Metcalf. For people who don't understand, I am just... I don't know what is about DK Metcalf, but I am a big, big, big DK Metcalf fan. I wouldn't say he's overrated, but he's... <sighs> DK Metcalf is wide receiver 12 in KTC right now, sandwiched between Devonta Smith and Tyreek Hill. Again, when you compare him to Tyreek Hill, he's probably a little overrated. When you compare him to Drake London, who is ahead of him, he's probably a little underrated. So while I said you can't say players are overrated or underrated... I would probably say he's a little underrated because I still believe he has an elite wide receiver season in him that we've yet to see. I said it for years about AJ Brown and finally we got it last year. Now he's wide receiver four. I still believe we could see that for DK Metcalf, but as everyone will put out in the chat, the issue is you have a lot of talented players that you have Tyler Lockett, you have Jack Smith and Jigba, who's literally wide receiver 14. Would you rather have Jack Smith and Jigba or Stefan Diggs? Would you want the youth or do you want the production? Yeah, as as SJ said it, I can't sit on the fence. I get it. I I would say that Metcalf is a little bit underrated. because I still believe he has a massive ceiling in store for him if everything goes right. But again, with all the weapons on that offense, that's definitely tough. Dak or Tua, easily Dak for me. And you guys know, Stone, you've been a DD member, watched the show a lot for a long time. I've been out on Dak for a long, long, long time. Steven said it. DK's playoff performance last year was elite. Yes, it was against an elite defense. DK showed out and really showed why he is the alpha on that team. And it's one of my, you know, not big concerns for JSN. It's a minor concern that I don't believe he can be the alpha in that offense with DK Metcalf there. But what's good for JSN is DK will command the coverage, and that will be great for him playing under a team that will command coverage. So for me, I think that's a great spot. Rubio's asking, Brees Hall over or underrated? I think realistically, he's probably a little overrated, not because I don't like Brees Hall, but he I believe he's still RB2. And so it's like, if he's not fully healthy, hes you got to say he's overrated because you don't want Jonathan Taylor over him. You don't want Christian McCaffrey over him right now. Um, but if he's hurt and he's not playing, he's going to drop in ADP. And I think there is a world where he drops all the way down below Jameer Gibbs at RB5. So probably a little bit overrated right now. But I mean, you can say the same thing about B. John Robinson, who is RB one, so I'm not even going to go into that right now. So we will see about what's going on. What, what is Barry saying? Gino or Tua Stone? I mean, whoo! I'm I'm gonna say Gino. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Gino. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. We're just, we're saying Gino because I think Gino's gonna be pretty good. A chain with Cook incoming, that'd be a great backfield. A chain and Dalvin Cook. Whoo! I do like that quite a bit. But we do have some super chats to get to, so I will get to those right now. Slim Reaper, man, that's kind of small. Let me see if I can make that a little bit bigger. I can't look at that. In a dynasty super flex start 10, would you look to downgrade one of Hurts, Lamar, or Watson to upgrade other positions? Win now mode with players like AJ Brown, Waddle, Kelsey, Najee. Appreciate you, Jay Rich. Um, I mean, I would consider it, yeah. I think of those guys, I'd probably look to trade Watson. See who you could get for him. It sucks because this market is kind of down right now. I don't know why people don't want Watson. Um, but again, you know the problem is is that you look at Lamar. Is he going to be healthy on the stretch? Would you rather have that insurance at quarterback? If you t- if you can get a good deal, I'd say definitely consider it. Um, again, but when you already have a player like Kelsey, you have Waddle, you have AJ Brown, you know you have Najee. Maybe you could get a better running back, but. It's, it's not a situation I love. It just depends on, the, on who you want to go after. Do you want to get an elite wide receiver? Do you want to get another running back? I'm not really in the business of buying running backs other than maybe using a couple of draft picks on them. So for me, I probably would consider it, but... Again, it depends on what you can get. It's kind of tough to give a ton of advice there. The answer is yes. Yeah, you want to try and take a look at that, see if you can upgrade a little bit, have a deeper roster that doesn't include your quarterbacks. I don't hate going into a season with just two quarterbacks. Again, we talk about best ball and the philosophy of draft as if you're right. Don't draft as if you, you, oh yeah, I need the backup quarterback here, the handcuff running back here, because that's not helping you win. That's not giving you the most upside. So having insurance policies isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially a quarterback. And when you have three elite quarterbacks, it's definitely useful. But I would explore to see what you could get because the chances are you probably get something pretty good, but you don't want picks. You want players, right? So maybe you can get two very good receivers. Hard to say what you could get for Deshaun Watson. I'd want a lot though. I wouldn't just sell him simply because you're looking to move those guys, move those assets. I'd want quite a bit in return. Now, Scott in the chat, been blowing it up saying, my super chat, my super chat, my super chat. I got you. I got you. Let me see. Is there another one that I missed? Oh, no. I tried to get all these super chats here. Whatever. What? I got this one from Scott. He was asking in the chat to get to a super chat. So, Superflex PPR start 12. Pittman and an early 24 first for Javante Swift. at What? 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 Pittman and an early 24 first for Javante Swift and a late... What? I, I, I mean, I hope you're getting Pittman in the first, but... I, I don't know what someone is doing trading for Javante, DeAndre Swift in a late 24 second. If if you're getting the Pittman and first side, do it. Easy. Not even close. Um Javante Swift, late 24 first. Send that shit away. No qu- no problem. No questions asked. Um, did I miss any super chats though? Let me know in the comments. Yeah, Ray said it. Easily Pittman. Uh Ty said it, Pittman. Jimbo saying we owe him three super chats. Jimbo, ask your question then. I'm here. I'm still here. I'm still live. You can still ask your questions. We're good. We're good. I'm not trying to miss super chats, but I'm trying to acknowledge the chat. I'm trying to get through everything. I'm scrolling through the chat to make sure I didn't miss them. Did I miss anything there? Let me know. Let me know. Did I miss any super chats? Throw some chats in the comments. You can always DM me on Twitter after if I missed it. Ray said it. See, there you go. Ray said it. Jimbo, we owe you. So, you know, I, I, this is the boss right here. He's saying he owes you. So, you got some free super chats next week or even on Wednesday if you want. Ask your questions. We got you, bro. I'm not trying to discriminate. I'm not trying to say you can't get your super chats in. We miss them sometimes. Bro, 750 comments. It's easy to miss them. It's easy to miss them. Y'all go crazy in the comments. Y'all tell me I'm right. Y'all tell me I'm wrong. I'm trying to see, did I miss anything here? What do we got going on? Uh, I'm not seeing nothing. I think I got them all. I think I got them all. Come on. Come on. Let's go, Barry. Let's go. Leo. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. This show is one that, you know, I like to talk about because of value, right? It's value, 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 value. Not just are these players young? Are these players old? And it's easy for me to go in and say Stefan Diggs, value, Cooper Cup, value, DeAndre Hopkins, value, because of course, right, they're older. They're going to outproduce the players ahead of them simply because they are great talents, but overall, they're not very young. So people don't want them in Dynasty. They don't want to use them. They don't want to have them on their rosters. Let's see. What else we got going on here? Well, there's more questions here. Edward's saying, should I be shopping ETN? If so, for what? Uh, I kind of like ETN this year. I probably wouldn't be shopping him. So we will see. Super chat from Joe. Did I miss super chat from Joe? Oh, no, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't see a super chat from you, but I was also going through those super chats and couldn't see the ones that were coming in. Let me scroll. But if I owe you one, I owe you one. I can hit you up on Wednesday when we come back. Thank you Scott for saying I killed it. Um but there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Oh, Elwood, you want to know what Victoria Day is? What a great way to end the show. Uh Victoria Day. I I don't I don't know. Let me Google it real quick. What is what is Victoria Day? I'm pretty sure it's the day we honor the queen. In Canada, the Monday preceding May 25th observing as a national holiday to commemorate the birthday of Queen Victoria. I'm assuming that's Queen Victoria the 1st, not Queen Victoria the 2nd. Yeah, we've had it since 1845. So there's your little history lesson with Jay Rich. And there you go. I don't know what it is. I, I just know that I'm off. Well, I have been off in the past. I am here now. So we're back. Let's go. Barry's saying, come on, Barry, I'm sorry. I'm a bad Canadian. I, I What do you want me to say, man? I, I deal with Americans all day. I have to spell things differently. Just let's just get out of here. As always, thank you guys so much for tapping in. I appreciate you. Make sure to drop us a like and subscribe for all future content. And make sure to come back on Wednesday when I bring Jordan Vanek live on DD. We will talk all things wide receivers. We will go through week 17. We'll talk about targets. We'll talk about coverage. I ask him a ton of questions. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for it. JV is one of my favorite people in the space. And I think that you guys are going to learn a lot. Big, big shout out to JV. Love the dude. And he will be here on Wednesday to chat with me. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for engaging. Really appreciate y'all. Drop it in the comments. Let me know who is overrated, who is underrated.
0: We can continue this show in the comments down below. Until next time, until Wednesday, I'm out. Peace. Before y'all close off of the video, I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi. Really appreciate every single view that we get. And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me and the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Now, if your money's a little funny, we do have free content for you. Make sure you subscribe to the All Gas newsletter. There's a link in the description of this video below. And subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast radio feed where we're got all types of shows hidden airwaves every single week. Now y'all can get out of here. I appreciate y'all tapping in. It's all gas all the time. I love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.